You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV presents Chatting with Kathy. Sit-down interviews with Hollywood's leading actors, artists, and entrepreneurs. And now, your host of Chatting with Kathy, Kathy Kelly. Hello, everyone. Thank you for doing And we're doing another episode of Chatting with Kathy right here on AfterBuzz TV. I'm your host, Kathy Kelly. And joining me today is the group Seven Lines, or half the group. Yeah. 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 So we have Prophet, Forrest, and Will. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you come in, and you're surprised by the getup. It is <laughs> crazy. It feels like you're like on a submarine with multiple rooms, that, it, and there's like <laughs> multiple everything in here. It's crazy. Yeah, so you guys, uh, you formed in a, around 2010. And yeah. And how did you guys come together? I know that you two met while doing the Von Dutch yeah. Artist in Residence. Yeah, yeah. Back in the, back in the day, it was, uh, yeah, it was well, like it was forever ago. But uh, yeah, actually, Will and I had been playing in a band um, before uh, Prof and I had met um, a band called Omission way back. And way back. That was day. way back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah, way back <laughs> um, in the day. But yeah, we, we linked up with Prof and... Um, been happily married ever since. Was yeah, Omission kind of based in fall. LA? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So who's from Bay Area? I know you are. I'm from uh, Santa, Santa Rosa. Okay. Yeah. San Francisco. I'm what actually from New England. So okay. It, and I met Forrest like literally two weeks after I moved to LA. Uh, very fortunate, actually, it's turned out, um, through Craigslist. Craigslist? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. They call it eHarmony now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I was, yeah, exactly. I was lonely on a Saturday night looking for casual encounters. Oh, um, they found me on plenty of fish. <laughs> casual encounters. So individually, how did you guys get your start in music? Um, I think for me, my dad was uh, working with a promoter in San Francisco early on, uh, Bill Graham, back in the days of like rock and roll concerts, and would always tell me these stories, um, you know, when I was growing up. And the environment that I grew up in was was really rough, so these stories always sounded like fantasy to me about him and, you know, David Bowie or, you know, Crosby, Steals and Nash, Grateful Dead and all these crazy, cool music-related stories. And uh, where we lived was such a different, um, you know, sort of visual perspective from that. So I got into the boys' club, and there was these kids that would huddle up in the corner and just freestyle and, and beatbox and sort of just do music by themselves. And where I'm from, you either, you know, you sell drugs, you're in a gang, or you find... In the Bay Area? In the Bay Area. Really? In Hunter's Point, where I grew up, was a really bad neighborhood during, like, you know, late 80s, you know, and um, really crack-infested, you know what I mean? And um, so, so in order to... And I was a small kid, so in order to get off the street, I hung out at the boys' club, played Street Fighter 2, and mm-hmm. played pool, and started freestyling with these guys. And that sort of freestyle evolution, along with graffiti and sort of all the, the core elements of hip-hop kind of pushed me into that and then um, it just kind of stuck you know it just mm-hmm. became something that I couldn't live without and started once I got the idea to do it professionally sort of you know kept plugging away and you start to meet people and once your life becomes an art you sort of gravitate towards things mm-hmm. did you move to LA to pursue music yeah 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 me and my boy Deep Waters uh, moved out here he wanted to finish up at USC and get his 
Masters, and then we thought, you know, we got to be in L.A. to really do this big. We kind of hit a ceiling in the Bay Area because the Bay Area is the home of DIY music, like mm -hmm. Too Short, E-40, Mac Dre, Pop the Trunk. You got T-shirts, you got CDs, self-produced. Everything sure. was kind of like how it is now, per se, but like more so before anybody else was printing up their own stuff, we were doing that back in the day, but we didn't really have any major label support or anything. Mm -hmm. So um, we sort of hit a hit a wall, you know, sold thousands of CDs out the trunk, and we're like, yo, we need to to show the, the majors, like, what's going on and sort of partner up. You know? That's kind of how the industry has evolved, it, what it's evolved into, is it's you crazy. have to be very yeah. self-produced, so that kind of helped you um, get exactly. your start. Exactly. No, yeah. I, I, yeah, definitely. The Bay Area schooled me in, in DIY for sure. <laughs> what about you, Forrest? Well, uh, in the same aspect, uh, my my mom schooled me in music. Uh, she used to play bass and she would uh, tr she would travel around. Guitar or the stand-up uh, bass? Bass guitar. Bass really? Guitar, yeah. I played bass guitar in high school. Sing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so she'd leave me at uh, the daycare, and uh, you know she'd go out at night, and, and she'd come back, you know, all excited. I'd be crying like me, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, she'd come in, you know, all big smile on her face, and she'd play the video from the show. She's singing like Crimson and Clover, like down out, down out, down out, and so like I just you know, and her record collection is like it, it's a, there's a whole room just full of records and milk crates and. Uh, uh, just the, being around it, and uh, I got a picture of me like when I was knee high to a beanstalk tall, <laughs> and uh, sitting next to the the first guitar that I learned on uh, in high school, Sick. and I taught myself how to play it. Uh, I, I can't really read music too well, but I can read it. Play more by ear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. Cool. If I can hear it, I can play it. So. Yeah, he's really good at picking up on. What stuff. made you move to LA? Uh, music. Yeah, actually, uh, I was in a band with uh, Morgan uh, Morgan Taylor Reed, MTR producer. Uh, and we were in a band. He was a couple grades below I, uh, below me. I lived in um, his family's house. I rented a room for a couple years. And uh, I remember I would get out. Of, I would, I'd go to work at the mortgage company. I started working at a mortgage company really young, 18. And uh, so I'd get home just in time for him to get home. But I'd have the amps all warmed up and everything. And then so we'd be, like, rehearsing. And, like, the junior high we lived right next to, the kids would be leaving. And then we'd have kids that gathering around. Yeah. And it was exciting. It was, uh, you know, we, we sounded good, you know, for, 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 for you know. Yeah. 15 and 17. You're so modest, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, uh, and so, yeah, we decided, uh, you know, that was, like, our mission, and we were going to do it, and, you know, moved to L.A., and uh, just... Packed your bags. That's packed our really bags the and never looked back. Yeah, the traditional story for you know in the music industry, like oh, I worked in the mortgage. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I did all kinds of jobs: construction, mortgage. Yeah. I think the traditional thing has changed so much. Mm -hmm. Like you know, no longer <laughs> yeah, do you move here, become a waiter, and then all of a sudden yeah. you're George Clooney. It's like <laughs> you, I feel like that's people's yeah. idea, though. It's, it's crazy. Like you think, yeah, they, they think, think that's that the only you're way. Discovered or found after 15 minutes no, of being no, out no, here, when you don't realize that people have worked for this their entire life. Lives. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. very rare yeah. these days that you just win yeah. the lottery. Yeah, like, it's yeah. it's the decade <laughs> long really overnight success. You know and what I mean? People <laughs> who do win the lottery, like the Snookies, and you know, they get fifteen minutes and yeah. they can maybe turn it into longer if they're smart if they and work hard, entrepreneurial. Yeah. But yeah. it's very. Difficult. I agree, one hundred. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, also have to thank my mom for that. Uh, she was more on the folk and like classical end of things, so. When I turned, like, I think it was 10 or 11, and I discovered Nirvana, it, like, broke her heart. But uh, it, sent, it sent me in a good direction, and I uh, actually picked up the bass originally, and then kind of a couple years later, I decided... Add more strings. Switch to guitar. Nice. I and um Yeah, and I also moved out here specifically for music, so... Yeah, I mean, it's it's been... Uh, 
it's been a long life and music has always been a part of it, you know? Yeah. So how did, I know you guys were in an omission. Yeah. And then how did, uh, it was Terra Incognita? Yeah. And it was kind of one degree of separation too, because he was working with Morgan before omission. They came out here together and then we rediscovered that relationship, brought him in at some point when we were working on Terra Incognita, we did one record that ended yeah. up becoming Born to Run, which became our title single. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan helped us find the sound that we were kind of searching for and trying to blend all of the worlds that are our various influences together to create what, what you hear now as Seven Lions. And so we did a little bit of work as Terra Incognita morphed in with, with Morgan and our good friend Red One and sort of really nailed down what it was to be a lion and and create our particular sound you mm-hmm. know, over that process. And I know you guys have a very personal story as to why you came up we with do. the name Seven Lions. So. Yeah, I mean, there's only three of us here now, so people will be like, why is it Seven Lions? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Morgan, Dan, Tony, shout out to them. They're, they're at the house right now, probably making mimosas. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there is six of us, um, and uh, part of it was, you know, something when we were all going through a lot during the inception of, of, of this band, something that he always told me that, that always resonated in my head was um, that we're kings amongst men. You know, don't worry, don't worry about this. You know, we're just kings amongst men. And so the royalty thing sort of stuck for me. Like, you know, I wanted a way of not, not being braggadocio and like, you know, throwing it in people's face, but something about, you know, that king of the jungle kind of vibe and um, only being six of us, but he lost his, his brother during the you know the culmination of 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 our band to muscular dystrophy and so it was a really cool twist on the ability to pay homage to you know all of our struggles but mm-hmm. in a sense also make his brother who who passed an honorary lion i so think that's speak. amazing yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really cool so um how did you guys get linked up with red one i mean he's this world-renowned producer has two grammys red one. With <laughs> lady gaga j-lo everyone he, he's an amazing dude man it's 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 crazy because um before we ever got into a formal relationship we just kind of vibe you know some mutual friends that introduced us you know we were Twitter homies, I guess you can call it, and sending back and forth inspiration. He's talking about this record. I'm talking about this record. And we go back and forth, and I actually uh, sent him some of my, uh, my solo stuff, and he remixed it. And I was like, wow, Red One's like remixing my records. This is crazy. Um, and then uh, got a chance to meet him and showed him uh, Terra Incognita. Um, and he was like, and he's an old, he's a rocker. You know, like he used to play mm-hmm. guitar in a band and like had long hair and was like, <laughs> <laughs> doing the band thing, you know? The guy actually still has some chops. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, he's yeah, got to, yeah. And I walk in, and he's playing the chord progressions for the song that, you know, most producers who you meet, you know, especially at that caliber, like, oh, what, what song is it again? Like, okay, no, can you play it for me? Did you bring it? Yo, you don't have it? Like, they didn't listen to it even. But this, I mean, I walk in, and he's, like, singing it, and he's got it on the guitar <laughs> and just fingering it, and like, wow, what's up, you know? And the excitement level and, obviously, the, the, the you know, music competency that this guy has, it was incredible and overwhelming. Like, he got excited about the record and then started talking about, you know, the dynamics of the band as if he was in the band, so to speak. So... For me, it was like a no-brainer. You know, at the end of the conversation, he's like, you know, how can I help you? You know, how, what do you want to do? You know, how do you see me, you know, helping you guys do what you do? And um, and so we just decided to partner up on the project. And it's, you know, and it's been incredible. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, I feel like a lot of producers of that caliber, they're just very 
their focus on making money so much, or like shoes, making a hit. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, but he's a mentor exactly, to you guys. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just one of those people that's like warm and open and will talk about music for like an hour as if, you know, like just excited about not even your record, a record, something you heard or a sound and like, hold on, wait, let's turn that into a song, you know, and just, you know what I mean? And I feel like there's not a lot of people that get excited like it was the first song that they did in their career every time they do a record. And I think that Red One does, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you guys are in the studio, how do you know that it's going to be a good song? Like, do you, I know you guys have five songs yeah. on the Born to Run EP, but um, were there more songs that, like, you didn't feel were good enough to make the EP, or...? Well, we have some that are left over, like Lose Your Mind and, and a couple other records that I think were strong enough, but we had to pull the plug and, like... Okay, these are the five songs that we're going to run with first. We'll keep the other ones because I think, you know, a good song is a good song no matter what project it ends up on and we play them all live, you know, any way we can kind of gauge audience reactions and sort of A&R our own work through that process with our fans and then eventually we'll put out, you know, we'll probably have to sit down and kill some some proverbial babies and pick which records <laughs> pick which records that we like you know the most over some yeah. others luckily but, we, have, yeah. we have a motto uh, all killers no fillers yeah so. yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Too much time. Exactly. Awesome. if it's not exactly. gonna be a hit yeah. I mean that's one of those things that you really appreciate as a fan is wanting to listen to every single song yeah. on yeah. an album mm-hmm. not just Absolutely. like the yeah. three singles yeah, yeah. So. exactly no, yeah no. I really appreciate that um you guys also have a very interesting uh, sound. It's kind of like a hybrid between classical rock, electronica, and then you throw some hip-hop in yeah, there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you guys have an idea of what sound you guys wanted to have when you originally came together? We were just jamming. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I think uh, the sound developed pretty organically. Um, we all have like uh, many different in- influences, and our influences come from all over... Soil works. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> everything from like classical to like classic rock to straight ahead rock to pop rock to electronic. I mean, you name it, and there's probably somebody in the group that loves it. Yeah. Um, and so developing the sound, it was just kind of like getting the right people uh, collected, like the six of us, and it somehow just morphed into something that was yeah. really cool yeah and it's like rehearsals we jam out and just try different things and like you know we played a ton of shows as terry incognito where you know they had records that they just opened up a spot for me to fit in and kind of alter the chorus so that i can be on top of it and kind of we'd feel which records that worked on which records that didn't work so much and then you know after linking up with morgan you know his influence is pop electronic and synth and added pieces that were like wow this you know we didn't know even something was missing but now we've got this and it really felt like we we formed like voltron when yeah. when all six of us <laughs> got together you know it feels complete for <laughs> the dog outside <laughs> he wishes he was in here i know we wish he was in here too <laughs> <laughs> um so i know you mentioned nirvana was one of your the bands that you liked growing up what are some of the other bands that you all listen to um so yeah, Nirvana. Uh, I actually was a really, really big Jimi Hendrix fan as well. Um, Doors, uh, that that era of classic rock. Um, 
man, I listen to everything. Yeah. I, I I have a soft spot for like the good hair bands of the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Smith, the Bon Jovi, and yeah. uh, me not so uh, much. Kind of yeah, <laughs> um, I know there were good. Yeah, yeah no, I mean there, there, are, there are, but no, I mean I I listen to you know the, like the same era, the Doors, the you know the Monkeys, the Who, Peter Paul and Mary. But oh, then the, you know the Beatles. Monkeys. Can you yeah, yeah. can you say that they're a real? Thing? Hey, I know. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, Spinal Tap. <laughs> this thing goes up to eleven. Yeah, to eleven knob. Don't forget um, the Beatles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, crazy songwriters. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then also, uh, I was up on the the newer, like the '90s. I was big yeah. on the '90s music, like you know the, um, you know, uh, Foo Fighters and uh, you know Nirvana and uh, I'd say Chris Cornell, Soundgarden when that whole era came out. I was like yeah. Pearl Jam, Shout out to Chris, you know, Stone Temple Pilots, all that good stuff. Totally. And even to you know modern day stuff like Imagine Dragons. You know, I'm like I'm pretty big yeah. on stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, there's some really cool music yeah. happening these days. If it's got too. melody good beat something you can your heart can beat to and like you can move to it like i pretty much dig it like i like old stuff too like you know like mac dre Doobie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nicotina, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the Bay. Uh, for me, uh, I think my dad had me on a strict diet of, like, um, Miami Vice soundtrack stuff, so it was a lot of <laughs> <laughs> Phil Collins, Police, um, Sting, um, moving on up into, like, NWA and getting really into, you know, Biggie and Pac and, and that whole movement. But then, you know, as my horizon started expanding, you know, everything from Manu Chao to... Like, um, you know, Gypsy Kings, too. I'm like, I'm one of the people, I'm a little bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, um, just because you guys have such an original sound, I know you guys kind of get compared to Linkin Park a little bit yeah, because sure. they have the, the rap element in there. Um, what band do you think that you guys are most like? I mean, I think it's it's one of those things where, you know, with the iPod generation that we are now, where... You know, once upon a time, you had to separate things into genre just to make sense out of it. And I think now where you've got, you know, a device where I can have it on shuffle and it can go from Deepak Chopra to Miley Cyrus, (laughs) you know, and then and then to two chains, you know what I mean? So it's like it's one of those things where now, like, obviously, Linkin Park paved the way. Shout out to Mike Shinoda, Chester, all the homies. And they really made a lane for what you hear, what we do. But, I mean, you know, from Aerosmith to Run DMC to 311 to Incubus to a lot of those guys that were kind of experimenting with what worked and found their fans, found their audience, you know, we're kind of doing the same thing. And I don't think there's any one group that, you know, sounds exactly like us. I think we sort of have taken pieces from all of them and hopefully carving out our own lane, you know? Mm-hmm. So I know on the Born to Run EP, there are a lot of inspirational songs. Um, so what do you think the writing process is like? Like, take us through that, I guess. Um, I think during the time for that EP, there was a lot of world, you know, issues. There was a lot of uh, revolution and things, you know, kind of happening economic-wise. Because you were writing it around 2011? Yeah, exactly. And so I think a lot of that kind of just, we didn't even really, because we write more autobiographical. It's, you know, we're not uh, necessarily writing fictitious um, yeah, you know, right from stories. experience. We're writing from yeah. things in our life and things that affect us, you know, whether it be, you know, heartache that we turn into, you know, sort of a global message or yeah. um, just something, you know, social that we come across. I think it was just more free thought and we just kind of 
went in there and depending on the chord progressions and the melodies what yeah, they evoke, set, set the know? tone evoke a certain emotion and then you start thinking about something and it's not like we're like making up stories yeah. Yeah. trying to write you know fables here it's like we fables. write about things that pertain to us that are you know that are you know, real to us, and you know, hopefully we can. The, when the listener that, that hears it can, like, uh, uh, you know, per, uh, make their own story. Yeah, you know? put uh, yeah. you know, apply that to their own personal yeah. experiences. Because, like, Born to Run, you figure we, you know, we were just, you know, everybody, you know, fighting everything from, you know, just trying to survive yeah. and be a musician to our careers to our families to everything, and you know, then we get a phone call um, from a friend of ours that ran. An ultra marathon, oh, you yeah. know, when with I another young girl who was uh, a cancer survivor who had one leg, and they ran this wow. and we sponsored them and they listened to the record and that was like, uh, you know, sort of an anthem for them and that wasn't necessarily geared at all towards what we incepted for the record when we just were vibing out. We were born to run. Scott turns black. Don't matter. Like it was just stuff that was coming out of us. But the beautiful thing about music is people can interpret it and and take what they want from it and. Yeah. And create a whole new life for that record. Mm -hmm. And it's really the yeah. interpretations and people's, like, reactions to the music that makes being a musician, like, so amazing. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So when you guys are in the studio, are all six of you there? Or is it kind of like a collaborative effort where Morgan starts something? Together, and yeah. We kind of like, yeah, but usually it's Morgan... Uh, Starting with something a shell or something, you know, and because he has the the writing and producing background. Yeah, exactly. Okay. He's got the studio that we use for the entire EP, um, and so we just kind of would vibe with him. And then Tony track live drums. Will come in lay guitar. Dan come in and lay bass and kind of vibe and discuss. Oh, what do you think about that? Nah, you know, maybe not the moving bass line or this, that, and the other. And sort of piece yeah. it together. We listen to it and um, you know, and then get the red one. Uh, Stamp you know, of approval. Yeah. Seal of approval. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and he may he may change a, a chord progression. I mean, based on his his uh, you know substantial knowledge of 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 music of all genres. You know, we respect his mentorship. You know, above all, and so we can play him a record. He'll smash. He's like, you know, this one just needs to be mixed. That's it. You know, or he may be like, he'll look at me and go like, my brother. <laughs> I don't know about the chorus, you know, what I mean? like, <laughs> and we're just like, oh, you know. And then you but, get it, then you get into rewrite. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, it, it's a process. It's exactly. a whole process, yeah. and every song is different. We do try to keep it as collaborative as possible. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. and it's and it's a gift to have. You know, not a lot of people are in our position to where you know we're still pretty much independent, but we have the access to some of the most amazing you know people in music to bounce ideas off or just use that as a quality control filter, you know? Yeah. So you guys started out as a live band. Mm -hmm. Do you prefer performing or being in studio? <sighs> I'd probably Ooh. say live. Yeah, live. For yeah? Sure. It's like yeah. breathing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the studio is fun, too, though. Like, of course. It's, it's really yeah. cool going through the process, like taking an idea from like yeah. just, you know, yeah. a piano part yeah. or a guitar part or a melody or yeah. just like mm -hmm. a line of lyrics and like seeing it through all the way Grow to, to a like the final yeah. pro uh, product. Yeah. But uh, there's really nothing like being on stage. Yeah, you know? like when it's the like curtains close, it's like, it's like you look go. around, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. you look around, and you feel like a yeah. football team about to go, you know, out onto the field, and you look around, and you, go, you guys ready? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and you open it up, and people are like, it's you know, there's just this energy transfer. It's like people are waiting for something. They don't even know what it is if they've never seen you. And then the people that you know that are your fans, like they know exactly what they're looking for. 
and you give that to them and you surprise other people and these faces and people singing lyrics and there's just an energy exchange you know what I mean when it comes from live and I could go zone out and dance over here while he's doing his thing and <laughs> wills and guitar you know what I mean and go jump on the drum stands and like and it's just it, it just becomes like a party a seance you know basically Prophet saying he likes to wreck the stage yeah yeah exactly yeah. unplug <laughs> people like super funny Will Solo unplug the guitar <laughs> and he's air guitar and then yeah you know but that's yeah. half of it is the performance of like course. you want to enjoy it as a fan exactly yeah exactly so I know you guys have played so many shows are there ever any nerves at this point? Maybe I get a wave of nerves maybe like two weeks before a show. Two oh, weeks before crazy. a show? Yeah, it's weird. I'll think about it. I'll be like, ooh, yeah. like, oh, it's okay. We got this. And yeah. then, especially the day of the show, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. I, get, I, get, I would say I get more nervous in front of less people. So bring them on. You know, the more people, the better. Yeah. Like if there's like, you know, six people, it's like, ooh, we better do a good job. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. a stadium if, show, if you'd be like, yeah, stadium, yeah, they start to blend. Like thousands of people just yeah. become a sea of yeah. colors, you know? I'm ready for that. Yeah. I see that. But um, I, I still think I, I kind of, I'm a ball of nerves during a show because I'm like, okay, is that, what's up with that lighting? Like, is that going to be okay? You know, like thinking about everything, like, oh, there's only two monitors. All right. Oh, it's going to be a problem. You know, and okay, is this our, you know, did this have enough battery? Did we bring enough DIs? Or, you know, sort of yeah. worry wart and like and stomach gets knotted. And then, then I hit the stage and I forget about it. Are you yeah. a perfectionist? Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. OCD it, think, a little bit. I think yeah. it runs in the group, yeah, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm like the same way. So, yeah. like, any nerves are logistic nerves. Yeah. And once the logistics are taken care of and we're actually ready to play, it's like... Yeah. yeah. Because it's it's, it's, it's it's never a matter of, of the talent. It's um, for me. It's usually just are the proper tools here for us to do what we do and make sure that you know you got to trust the sound man a lot. You know because we've got a lot of instruments, mm-hmm. a lot of pieces, and the beautiful thing about this gumbo is the direct ingredients. <laughs> you know what I mean? The right amount of paprika. So it's like, and that sound man kind of has control over what the audience perceives as your sound if they're hearing it for the first time. Somebody, if it's a fan that's seen a bunch of shows, they kind of know, but like you're at the mercy of the venue. Your metaphors you know. are amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> paprika, yes. I love, I love paprika. This and gumbo. gumbo. And gumbo. <laughs> I'm Creole, so yeah. yeah. You guys have played at countless venues across the country and some really amazing venues in LA. What do you think is your favorite place to play thus far? I mean, it's a tough call. I mean, our home is like the Viper. I mean, you know. Viper room's been really good to Um, us. The Roxy's really cool. You know, it's, I mean, we've been blessed. That's a staple in LA. Yeah, yeah, we live in LA, so it's like, and never for once do I take it for granted because I'm not even from here. Um, that we've touched, you know, some of the same stages that some of our icons have touched. So, I mean, anything on the strip that we've played is is a blessing in itself. I think there was one place that stood out to me, and it was it wasn't a full band show. It was uh, the Wiltern, um, when it was just him with an acoustic and me uh, opening for Chris Cornell and. The will turn. I I'd never been so nervous in my life for some reason. Like my yeah. stomach was like. I gotta say, I was nervous that day too. Not a smaller oh, just, venue. <laughs> just because the way no, it no, looked. Really? Just, it was like twenty eight hundred people. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, a lot of people yeah there, it was yeah. packed. Yeah. And um, but it was just the way yeah. that the venue felt like a col- like a Roman yeah, like Coliseum. Like Brad Pitt sitting you know? in the front row. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was bizarre for me. I'm <laughs> getting a cool. note from the producer yeah. in the back. You have to raise your chair. I know. Like I'm. Yeah. Okay. There's like a little. I felt like there's a gas leak in there. 
<laughs> Jesus. I know. I was like, dee, dee. <laughs> yeah. So your fans are named lion heads. Who came up with that? Uh, that'd probably be, I think me. I think I was just yeah. trying to search around for something that like made sense, you know, to give them ownership of, you know, because we're here because of them. So we wanted to make sure that they feel included in everything that we do. They are the lion heads that, that, you know, that represent us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's the coolest story that you've heard from a fan about like your music? Well, there's this one, this one kid recently that I've uh, sort of started blowing up uh, the email, and uh, he's from Taiwan. And, really? Uh, yeah, William. He's got Paul on his email, but I think his name is William, which I don't know how that works. <laughs> um, but he he drew us uh, in a hand sketch, each one of us. And um, I think he's from a small, very rural part of Taiwan and communicates in broken English and was just saying how our music changed his life. And he gets up, he's excited and, and, you know, things that may not have been so great are better now because he's got this sort of soundtrack of anthemic belief based on, on the records, you know. But I think that's just one of so many. I mean, we've heard, you know, there's there's um, you know some cancer survivors that that uh, we give a shout out to. Um, a lot of young kids who sort of, especially with the Born to Run record, sort mm-hmm. of uh, look at that and you know and and fight through whatever it is that they're going through. But I think William from Taiwan, I mean, he's get two hundred emails literally, and he's uh, sending us all a gift from Taiwan, like a little. You know something he made, like a little bracelet, and I sent him a That's package. That's postage. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I sent, he I looks sent, really like you. I sent him a package, and he went through the roof. He's like, "Oh my god, I have CD, I have shirt, I have," and just like lost it on email, and like <laughs> looked like he smashed the keyboard or something. I couldn't tell what was happening, but he was excited. So. And that—that's really why why we're here, you know. Mm-hmm. And Born to Run, the single, has gotten so much play. It was the Chicago Bulls theme song. It was featured in NHL, NFL. Kings, what is it? Yeah. Um, I listened French to it. Open. I didn't realize. I started singing along because I was like, oh, this is a WWE SmackDown nice. theme song. Yeah. Nice. So, like, it's all over the place. Yeah, we've been and blessed, for sure. Millions of people have heard yeah. it because of these these venues. Very true. Um, so, are you guys, like, did you guys flip out when you first found out that it was going to be featured in this yeah. capacity? Yeah, I mean, I think it was the first couple of them we started to be like, whoa, that's dope. Like, for me, it really came, like, uh, Baltimore Ravens versus the Niners. I'm yeah, I Niners fan. It was on Thanksgiving. And I got a phone on call. My birthday. Yeah, and I got a phone call <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And like, I don't even have service up where my grandparents live. Um, and it's like, wow, what? You do your aunt? I'm like, I ch- change the channel because I was walking to the uh, kitchen or something. And I come back and it's on. I'm like, no way. And I had no idea that it was even up for the running for something like that. And for me, that was just, you know, I think we lost that game. But, uh, <laughs> but it was so great. It was just great was because I was awesome, just sitting yeah. there and it was yeah. Thanksgiving. And yeah. I hadn't seen my grandparents in a yeah. long time. And I had something to be like, look, this is, you know, what your grandson does, you know. And so for me, that was like the snowball effect into all the other blessings that we had. I think for a bunch of us actually, a lot of football fans in the band. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, which came first? Was it hearing your song on a game or on the radio? I think radio. I think radio. we did a, okay. yeah, I think we were doing some some definite radio runs. I think uh, 98.7 may have played us the first yeah. time that I heard uh-huh. it in the car and that 
was definitely you know yeah, bonkers. What is yeah. the first thing you do after you hear your song on the radio? Like you just try to hit rewind on your brain. <laughs> like hold on, I want to go back to that moment. Hold on, yeah, I want to go yeah. back to that like Vine. You know, like and kind of just <laughs> redo relive it. it. Yeah, because it's like you don't know who to call. You like should I call? Yeah. Some? I feel like I should call someone. I had everyone. We'll call my ex girlfriend. Be like, before. I, I told like, you yeah. I was gonna be on the radio. <laughs> girl, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now you done messed up. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay, no, I'm not. No, I'm not taking you back. But um, but yeah, it's just I mean it's just elation like just yeah it's crazy you know you and you want to be like we're, we're not always all together when that happens so you want to be like dude we should totally like get together and like try to get it played again while we're in the same room and dance or something like you don't know what to do you know but then it'd just be contrived yeah, yeah. I know and then, yeah, and then it wouldn't be natural and then just pretend like oh so oh you hear that yeah, I don't know. but it's such a different feeling from like hearing your song in the studio yeah. or hearing it on a CD to hearing it on the radio yeah. or on TV. Well, because you know so many thousands or millions of people are listening with you. And for me, you know, it's like um, sort of existential, I guess. So that collective consciousness of everybody sort of doing something while they're listening to your music. Mm-hmm. You know, and like that verse, you know, people, somebody's listening to that lyric and going, like, I wonder what seems like lightning speeds. You know, I wonder what that means. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You figure there's yeah. somebody out there some kind of energy, somebody feeling some kind of way about something that you've put your blood, sweat, and tears into, and that's the whole reason why we do it. So it makes it an amazing, you know, moment. Is that the goal for your music to influence others? I think touch as many people as we can. I mean, I don't think we necessarily are trying to get this one message out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just touch people. You yeah, know? yeah. Not in an inappropriate way. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Not in an inappropriate. But like, I mean, for us, I think you know. We, we all look up to bands like U2, you know, who are these global bands who can say something, you know, mean something for themselves, but, you know, take Sunday, Bloody Sunday or whatever kind of record, um, which we did do a cover of, by the mm-hmm. way, you can check it out on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and you just, you, you communicate whatever it is you want to communicate and people from all walks of life can relate, you know, and I think, and I think that's the one thing about our music is that I don't care if you even understand English or not. You're going to pull a one word that you know and the melody and be able to feel some kind of, you know, way about that. You know what I mean? And that's or even if it, like, means the same thing to everybody, what it means to each of us. Yeah. Or, or yeah. those feelings may be different, you know? Yeah. like. But that's the cool thing about music or anything really subjective yeah. or artistic is that you can interpret it the way you want and, like, create your own meaning around it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I know before you got involved in music, you um, were doing graphic artist yeah. stuff, and yeah, um, you were sure. a graffiti artist. Yeah. And now you're involved with I'm going to mispronounce it, Teruo. Yeah, Teruo Artistry. Okay. Yeah. So tell it's us a little my, bit about that clothing company. I actually moved out here with uh, Deep Waters, who uh, was a producer for all of my solo material. And uh, in college, he had a um, clothing company that was for him him and his brother and their grandfather who was a painter during uh, World War II and he was put in internment camps and kind of lost everything came out became successful again so they used that as a mantra to sort of form this uh, this company in college and when I met them it was kind of dormant and uh, they were trying to figure out what next to do and the lifestyle of being an artist him being a producer um, me being an MC and that whole lifestyle movement of apparel culture kind of fell all into line during the same time that we were trying to resurrect it. And then moving to L.A. kind of even solidified that more, so we decided to get serious about it. 
and uh, we got an office and we started staffing, you know, got some got some capital um, and really started to make that because I'm a big fashionista. I love mm-hmm. apparel almost as much as I love music. Mm-hmm. And um, and for me, they're almost synonymous with the lifestyle. So being able to express myself musically and, you know, textile wise is an incredible feeling and also paying homage to yet another person you know, in my life that has shown that you can come from any walk of life and make a name for yourself if you work hard enough, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that's Teru Artistry is, is you know, by any dreams necessary, always creating and sort of envelops that, that entire, you know, that, that, that sort of spirit, you know. Do you have any hand in uh, designing your merch for Seven Lions? Of course, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What have you done? <laughs> um well, both me and Tim collaborated. Tim is the uh, creative art director for the clothing line. Collaborated on this lion piece. You know, I wanted something that kind of was almost like that old English royal crest kind mm-hmm. of feeling. Um, and so we created the logo for that together. And, um, I mean, I'm a graphic head. So, like, anything I see from, you know, old Nike posters to Fillmore posters and something, I'll try to figure out, okay, how can I make something cool you know that represents. You know, we did uh, the Taking Over logo, which was like a mashup of of um, Ice Cube's Lynch Mob records. You know, and kind oh. of pieced some ideas from that to kind of create this sort of meme uh, for that record. And so, you know, always creating. You can never turn this off when you're as addicted as we are <laughs> to to one of these things. You know, we don't have any time for anything else other than music, art, and fashion mm-hmm. uh, video games a little bit I think. <laughs> <laughs> a little xbox well cool um so i want to know what advice do you guys each have for up-and-coming artists oh man uh whatever it is that you feel like you want to do just do it day in and day out keep working and uh ten thousand hours don't despair um you know music and art is like super subjective as we've been saying somebody may hate it don't worry about that one person that hates it. Worry about the ten that love it, mm-hmm. and just keep doing what you want to do, and yeah. you know, you'll get there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, keep your eye on on your goals, and uh, yeah, like don't give up. Pretty much, like you know, because it's it's taking a while for you know for us to. It, it may you know it may seem like things happen overnight, but you know it's it's not, it's not really like reality, that. So it's yeah. like as long as you stay focused and keep that drive, uh, you can you can definitely achieve things for sure. For, for me, I think it's it's one of the most powerful times in in music um, and art in general right now is because the, the development and sort of progress of you know uh, platforms like YouTube mm-hmm. and Facebook. Um, now you know you look at Lord who's sixteen or whatever you know and got her record out virally before anybody ever heard it or you have a chance to immediately play something write something spoken word act it out do whatever it is you want upload it in a matter of seconds and communicate your message to the world Mm -hmm. you know and before there was gateways A&R's were the gatekeepers and you kind of had to have a demo together pitch it hope they liked it maybe they'll give you a shot now you almost don't need anybody you know Mm -hmm. there, there are no layers the major labels sort of quarterback a little bit of what you're doing already, you know, and try to figure out how to figure that out. So for me, it's like the most important is to cross train now, become a little bit of a graphic designer, become a little bit of a marketer, become a little bit of your own PR, yeah. um, learn how to work a camera, 
Um, I mean, you know, your your office is a tribute to to the, the sort of evolution of mm-hmm. the entertainment industry in general based on technology. So, like, for a kid who doesn't know how and this mountain looks too big to climb, put one foot in front of the other and just really focus on your craft. You know, that 10,000-hour thing is no joke. Like, really just hone in on that but make sure you pay attention to almost every aspect of the game from social media to marketing to you know peer-to-peer street work and and try to you know become a a, a jack of all trades yeah we're in that day and age where now there are more celebrities than ever more musicians more artists than ever so you really do have to be your own promoter exactly because somebody's always willing to work harder than you so the moment you decide, ah, you know, that's enough or something, there's somebody out there who's in their garage making the next, you know, Microsoft or, you know, in their living room doing the next Justin Bieber. Like, there's always somebody out of the millions of us, you know, billions of us there are that want to do this craft. There's somebody out there working to take your spot. So make sure that you stay focused. You yeah. That's good advice. <laughs> yep, for sure. Church. Yeah. Deep. <laughs> Church, <sorry. laughs> um, so, what is the ultimate goal as a band? Like, what do you guys want to uh, achieve in the future? World domination. Yeah. Oh, okay. Owning Chick-fil-A, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Make it open on yeah. Sundays, exactly. please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Basically, VMA, like, yeah. any awards oh, that you guys Grammys, want? Grammy. Grammys, World yeah. Tour. I think Grammy. Yeah. I think, you know, to sort of yeah. pay back... I mean, just to bring a Grammy home would just be crazy to, you know, be great. give it to Red One, give it yeah. to our parents and, and everybody who's taken a chance on us and, and yeah. sort of believed in, because our music is a challenge in that the first time you hear it, you don't know what to think. You either love it or you're like, kind of, so we're, we're pushing a product that sort of sometimes may not make all the sense in the world. So everybody who is our fan, who's helped us down the way has taken a chance. And so just anything that we could do to sort of reward those people that have you know stuck by us for so long yeah Yeah. what's your you just said it but what's your acceptance speech like I want to hear I'm putting you on the spot the the (laughs) Chick-fil-A well I'd probably have to I don't know that's a good one that's a good one I'm never at a loss for words either um It'd probably be, I mean, for me, I'm a little bit, you know, of a spiritual cat, so I'd probably be thanking God that I got this far to begin with, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Just surviving some of the obstacles that we've all been through, you never never think that you're going to get, it always seems like it's a cartoon or a movie for somebody else's life, you know, when you talk about even the level of success that we've had already, you know, especially as as a kid looking up, like, coming from where I'm from, looking at, you know, people on MTV and, like, you're like... There's no way for me, you know, from the hood that I'm from, like, no way. There's no way I can be, have that, you know, cool of an outfit and have people that love me and love my music or would even take the time to listen. So the fact that we have uh, a culmination of international fans and there's somebody in a country that I've never been singing our songs, for me, it's like, you know, we've already gotten a Grammy, so to speak. You know what I mean? So, but yeah. Cool. So this is our section, the shameless plug section, where (laughs) you guys are able to promote whatever (laughs) from your new single to clothing line, everything. Uh, Taking over is our new single. single. Uh, About to drop the video. Um, I think you've mentioned something earlier where you're going to see it um, come up. Um, 
and I'm really excited about it. I think this is probably the best video we've ever done. Cool. It's really fun. True. Really exciting. How long did it take to film the video? Um, ooh, that's a tricky question, too. Um, we shot it once and uh, then realized we wanted to go a different direction. Okay. So that wasn't a complete production. <laughs> um, and then we decided we wanted to go a different direction. And so uh, I think maybe four days total. Okay. If you group them up both. You know, we work yeah. with Talkboy TV on right. this one. Yeah. Um, shout out to them, Talkboy TV. They yeah. did a great job. It looks amazing. Um, and, yeah, and then we're finishing uh, the EP into a deluxe version. So we're getting yeah. in the studio. We've been in the studio a little bit. And we're going to stretch it out another five, six records. To, so to be uh, a full album, yeah, 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 you know what I mean. Yeah. Give the fans some more, some more sauce, yeah, cool. for their gumbo, yeah. <laughs> more gumbo. Yeah. <laughs> um, so where can people find you? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Sevenlinesmusic.com at Seven Lines for Twitter as well as Instagram, and uh, you can find me at the Grove, most likely in the farmers market, <laughs> at the Brazilian spot where you can get the meat on the skewers. I'll be right there. Um, yeah. People are gonna come stalk you there. Yeah. I know, I trust. I think there's already a couple people that do uh, it. iTunes, uh, Spotify, yeah. Pandora. we got a Pandora yeah. station. Yeah, uh, check us out. And the thing yeah. is, share it, because it's one of those things, like I said, it's it's a type of music that's a little bit different, and I think it's got something for everybody. So if if you love it, like I know you will, I know you will. Um <laughs> Spread you know, spread the word because that's that's how this that's how this thing, uh, the intranets work. Cool. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Uh, I think Prophet just put it very eloquently. Uh, no, well, um, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. No worries. <laughs> okay. Well, for Prophet, Forrest, Will, for myself, make sure to check out Chatting with Kathy on iTunes. Follow AfterBuzz TV on Twitter at AfterBuzz TV, and you can find me on Twitter at Katherine Kelly. So until next time. Yeah. We'll see you then. Shout out to Tony, Dan, Morgan. Morgan. What up? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The rest of the yeah, band. The rest of the band. <laughs> From Big Bad <laughs> Producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. And you're going to give us a cue? Oh. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. She did it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> <laughs>